Coming out of the 2008 crash, they said, all right, if I'm going to participate in real estate again, I want to do it on the exact terms that I want. And that became never signing personally on a bank loan, not raising money even, and putting yourself at jeopardy with investors, only buying property on creative financing, which is owner financing, lease purchase, and subject to existing financing. So you're not making good friends uh, at the bank side, Chris, huh? Well, I don't know what they think, but I know that feelings are mutual. If I can never, ever deal with a bank, if great for me. Chris Prefontaine. Smart real estate coach. Four times best-selling author. Because of high interest rates in the media screaming and the market kind of turning in a lot of areas, you have banks and other finance entities very concerned about appraisals, right? Appraisals are nothing more than an opinion. So now they're doubting whether these opinions are going to be okay because the market's going sideways. So conventional financing is really, really going to be tough. People were screaming to me, oh, you shouldn't be buying now. You just went through all that trouble. You shouldn't be buying home. And I aggressively did that. And that's what I'm screaming to the community to do right now. Welcome to the High Performance CEO Show, your exclusive insight into the strategies and success habits of the world's top CEOs. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, entrepreneur, mentor, and business angel. Prepare to grow your business, enhance your leadership skills, and thrive in today's world. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Today I'm talking to Chris Prefontaine, and he's the four times best selling author of Real Estate on Your Terms The New Rules of Real Estate Investing and Sell with Authority for Real Estate Investors. I'm really glad to have you on the show, Chris. And uh, we had a quick pre discussion, and uh, it's really interesting to learn what real estate on your terms actually means. So let's dive into it. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Sebastian. And hopefully we can impart some good nuggets while we're chatting here. Um, yeah. Real estate on your terms is really, well, I'll tell you how it was born first and what it is. Coming yeah, out yeah of the, just uh, tell the whole story. I mean, we've got some time. Okay, so coming out of the 2008 crash, I had already been in the business, oh, I don't know, 18 years or so, uh, but I got beat up financially, mentally, and every other way in that, in that 2008 crash. I call it the debacle. And it was so bad that I didn't, I kind of kept my finger away from real estate for a while because I had to do workouts with all the properties that I had. I had signed personally on about 23 projects with banks. And so when the projects went south or the values went south, that was a problem. And so it took us to two, two, three, four years to work out of that four in total, uh, 2012. And coming out of that, I said, all right, if I'm going to participate in real estate again, I want to do it on the exact terms that I want. And that became never signing personally on a bank loan, not raising money even and, and putting yourself at jeopardy with investors, only buying property on creative financing, which is owner financing, lease purchase, and subject to existing financing. It, it means a lot more, but those are the three things that we define as this is what we're going to do. At the time, it was me. And then the family grew the business. And now we've got people doing deals all over North America, which is pretty cool. That's very interesting. I mean, as I remember this times in 2008, fortunately, I was <laughs> I was not affected by this crisis because I was actually working. I had a treasury management consultancy and we supporting banks. And I remember exactly the day when I um, was on site at a bank and um, they had a big board meeting. So the whole uh, car park was full of big cars. And uh, this was the day when uh, basically the uh, subprime uh, crisis hit Germany. Uh, and um, they, I mean, they had lots of uh, exposure to this market. And um, I really felt uh, how this affected uh, many people. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, primarily in the States, I mean, these stories which we heard, uh, heartbreaking. Yeah? But I mean, it so, sounds very interesting, uh, especially for a lot of people who, yeah, who don't really have that much money. How can they buy a house without going to a bank? Can you explain this a bit more in, in detail? Because this is a very interesting concept. Yeah, I, and this is an important question because the listeners can learn this as a skill set that they'll do for a business later on, sure. But what if you just learn how to navigate these waters of greater real estate and buy your own home for your family? If you just did that, it's, yeah. a, it's a win. So here's, here's I'll define each one of those that I said because it answers the question of how can you not use a bank? And by the way, the amount of transactions that are being done outside of banks is dramatically increasing year, year after year. So the first way that I think is easiest for everybody to grasp is simply owner financing. So what that means is the building I'm standing in right now, which I recently sold just a few months ago, but I bought it five years ago, owner financing. And what does that mean? It means I didn't go to a bank. I went to the seller and said, I'll pay you monthly. That's essentially what mm -hmm. it is. They become the bank, the sellers. Now yeah. in doing that, I don't sign personally guaranteeing the loan. I don't do it. And, and you won't get that with a bank unless you have, you know, you're more experienced and you're doing some big projects and you have what's called a non-recourse loan, but they're very difficult to get. So owner financing, they become the bank. Now I'll niche this down, Sebastian, even more. Owner financing, we seek out free and clear properties. They have no mortgages. It's about mm -hmm. a third of the properties in the United States. I don't know the stats for every country, but it's about a third in the United States. Super important because in most of our deals, we structure, now get this, especially with the rate situation going on, we structure uh, principal only payments monthly on most mm -hmm. deals. There's only a few exceptions where you have imputed interest, but mostly principal only. Now, picture that for sort of a recession hedge, if you will, where every month you're making a payment and the principal's coming down by that exact amount. Doesn't exist, right, in the, in the commercial law. So that's, so that's one way we do it without banks. Second way is, I said earlier, whereas the owner financing is more like, hey, they're free and clear, they don't have a mortgage, they're probably in good shape financially. Other end of the spectrum is the person who's financially needing help. They went through divorce, they went through COVID problems, they lost a job, whatever, they have financial problems. And they have a home or a second home that they need to get relief from. Subject to existing financing means I'm buying their home, but and the title is going to come to me or my entity, but the loan stays in their name. They will stay as a guarantor for as long as it takes for me to cash that out. Could be five years, two years, 30 years. That is a favorite strategy right now because picture where the rates are, seven, eight, whatever they are, even if you can find one at six, we're finding homes at two and three and 4% because they were from when the rates were really super strong. That strategy in and of itself is really cool. And you'll never sign personally on that one. And the third one, and we can go back to anyone you want, the third one I mentioned was lease purchase. Now, lease purchase is interesting for new people because unlike the first two we just talked about, where I'm actually taking title, there might be some tiny expenses and transfer tax and whatnot if you're not putting a down payment down because we don't. But with the lease purchase, <clears throat> title doesn't transfer. So I'm just tying the property up by way of a lease purchase agreement that we've structured pretty customized. It's a $10 deposit, 10 bucks to tie that property up. And I can tie that up for typically that there are three or more years, but let's just say three. Now the punchline on all these deals, Sebastian, is we're creating on all these deals and we exit them. We're creating what we call three paydays, which we've trademarked. And that was kind of 
birthed out of the crash as well of 08. Because I came out of 08, in addition to not wanting to use banks saying, I also don't want to be transactional where I'm doing a deal, getting paid, doing a deal, getting paid. I want to create some more cash flow every month. I want to create long term and I want to create some payments now versus mm -hmm. a deal I get paid. And so yeah. all of them do that. And they range from a low of 45,000 to a high of a quarter of a million per deal, all three paydays. So that was a long answer. I hope that is helpful. Very interesting. I mean, what kind of people are you attracting with these financing uh, structures? I mean, what does your typical buyer look like? You want me to go buyer side or seller side? I can do either one. Yeah, maybe both. I mean, okay. it's interesting to see the whole picture. Yeah. So let's go seller side and then we'll say how we dispose of it. Um, on the seller side, on the owner financing side where they're free and clear, it's usually someone who is very secure financially and they own either one or several properties and they see the value in getting the top dollar for that, but they can wait for their money because they don't, they presumably would have already pulled it out if they needed it. So that's the owner finance. Makeup avatar of the subject two, as I said earlier, was financially needing a band-aid. That's why they will to turn their house over. And the lease purchase is a mix. The lease purchase is, I'm not sure about you as an investor, but I like the lease program because I can hang on to my deed. I, I don't feel it's that's risky. And they usually have some equity and they can wait for their equity. So I, I use a number. Um, securing their home for 300 grand, they couldn't sell it on the open market for whatever reason. Uh, they owe 250. I'm basically saying to them, I'll give you your 50 grand equity that you couldn't get on the market, but we're going to give it to you in three years at the end of the lease purchase. So uh, all three of those scream loudly that they don't need or want the money now, but they want best price. I don't mind giving them price. Now, buyer avatar. Um, this is interesting. When <clears throat> before rates went up, you had about, oh, depending on the market, 25-ish percent of the market maybe qualifying for a loan, buyers. You know, right now, today, without any repair needed and credit or anything like that. Um, since rates went up, not only did we push, we, the market, pushed hundreds of thousands, I don't know what the number is, of buyers out, out to the street. Picture it, the, the payments doubled, right? So you couldn't buy a house. Not only that, but you get a lot of credit issues still. So so if you talk to top mortgage brokers now, we have one in our community, he's been at it like 17 years. He said, Chris, his name is Raphael. He said, there's, there's like at best, at best, uh, 17 to 20% of my applications that are able to get qualified now, at best. Wow. That's a lot of people that can't. That's who we help. So we put them in a home, we give them a clear path to home ownership, and it might be 12 months, 18 months, two years, but it's very strict. They have to have a down payment. So the serious buyer, they have to stick with the program they're on. Is the program credit repair? You got to stick with it. Is the program, you just need two years of what the banks call seasoning because you have a new job. You got to stick with it. You know, so it's just a, a definitive path so that they can win and get cashed out. So you're not making good friends uh, at the bank side, Chris, huh? <laughs> they probably don't, they probably don't like you, right? <laughs> well, I don't know what they think, but I, I, I know that feelings are mutual. Uh, no, I, yeah. I, if I can never ever deal with a bank, it would be great for me. Like this building, when I bought it, I bought it in November of 18 that I'm standing in today. That would have required probably 25 to 35% down. It's mixed use. It's not a busy, busy street. And it would have probably took take about 90 days at best, at, you know, as fastest for a commercial loan. Well, I sat in this very office, which was the past owner's office, and cut the deal. And then we sent it up to the attorneys who were in the same firm and we closed it within 30, 40 days. That's a little, not a little, a lot better. And I didn't have to sign personally. It looks like a very interesting concept. 
And uh, you also wrote a book about that, right? And yeah, I want we'll give one to everybody listening towards the end. Just remind me, I'll give you the the short link. But it's not, you know, we'll give you one, and you got to pay for shipping either. We give it to you. We ship it. It's a hard copy. So yeah, we go through A through Z on that Sebastian. Meaning, I've read a lot of books in my time in real estate, thirty two years, where I read it and I got to go, yeah, but you got to kind of go get something else or do something else. Our, this this was revised during COVID. Coincidentally, we were in the midst of a revision, and it's everything we do. A through Z. Amazing. And how do you see, I mean, you, we just talked about the current market, the interest rates. Yeah. It has a, quite a big impact on on people. Uh, I mean, services like yours, they, they help. But just for me, for Bureau of Interest, um, how does it um, how does it affect the whole um, society? Uh, I mean, when people are moved out of their houses, uh, they can't afford a payment anymore. I mean, this... For me, it sounds like the next um, subprime crisis uh, facing the, in the U.S. I have a couple of opinions on this. That's all they are because the billionaires don't know, right? So certainly I don't know. But I think it's dramatically different than the makeup and the variables that were there at the subprime problem. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that doesn't change. But I do know the very thing you just said is why creative real estate is, is people pulling for that desperately right now meaning they're calling us and saying teach my community how to do this that you know they're flippers or they're rehabbers and teach us how to do this creative real estate stuff right right all of a sudden it's in huge demand we i've been at this 32 years but i've been at creative just creative about 10 with this company that we started and never has the demand been this high 2024 is going to be a, a sort of a i'll call it historic year for kicking off a big wave of of creative financing i think um you're right People are getting kicked sort of to the sidewalk, I call it, with respect to rates. And this is the only fix. Now, as far as an investor, let me address, not the consumer, but us as yeah. investors. You, people say to me, well, is now a good time to buy? The media always screams because they have better ratings if they do that everything's bad, right? It's going to crash. Well, I don't know. But what I do know is this. I know that when you learn how to operate with creative financing, you can pivot literally in any market, up, down, sideways, flat, doesn't matter. So you go to bed at night sleeping easier knowing financially I can make it in this market versus I'm a rehabber, I have $4 million properties out there and uh-oh, they're not selling that, right? That's just a facetious example, but the margins are tighter there, everything's changed. The deals are tougher, it didn't change for us. What changed is just the types of structures we do, that's it. Uh, if anything, it's the, the demand's going to the roof. Maybe to explain for the European market, what is flipping and re-upping? Um, yeah, it's super popular in any market around the world, and that is where people are, are acquiring property, usually by financing, and then they they may put their own cash or a construction loan, and they're they're fixing it up and and then they're selling it. So that's what I mean by flipping it. Um, and again, it's okay. It's just that the, it's very competitive in any market across the the, the world, and. The margins are shrinking because their interest rates and because of competition. And third, it's one check, right? I've done it. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, putting it down, but build a house or you rehab a house and you flip it or you sell it. That's it. You get paid. You get paid well if you did a good job, but you get paid once. The way we exit, you're going to get paid once right at the beginning. You're going to get paid monthly, ongoing, and you're going to get paid long term. Well, that kind of describes a great business model. I don't care if you're in the restaurant business, right? That describes a great cash flow model, and that's what we've set up. You've got a nice shirt, Wicked Smart. Uh, 
And uh, I just uh, read before we came to this uh, discussion that there's a wicked smart community. So what is that about? Well, it's a um, a Boston thing for sure. It's slang. You said it quite well, by yeah. the way, without Thank the you. R. <laughs> um, yeah, we tried for years. Uh, smart Real Estate Coach has been our name, uh, but we tried for years to to get the, the trademark in the actual name of the company to be Wicked Smart, and we were successfully did that. So we branded the internal community the wicked smart community and you should have gotten some gear but maybe didn't make its way to you yet okay thanks i think i i uh answered the email too late uh, with my that's trust. right <laughs> awesome so you created this method you wrote a book uh, you um created this community you coaching investors to anything else you're doing i mean it sounds like a two full-time job already Well, it's busy. I, I tell people the reason, and then and I'll answer a, a variable to what you said. The, the reason I'm still doing what I do is it, it's never the same. I don't care how many, I, 32 years I've had this uh, two months ago and the deals are never the same. So we love doing deals with the students uh, and the challenges they bring helps them learn and navigate, but actually keeps us challenged and super sharp as well. We, in doing the coaching, coaching is one thing, but we actually do deals with the students. So if you were a student, I don't care what market you're in, we're on the phone with you on a couple scheduled calls, sure. In a couple group calls, sure. In a couple community masterminds, sure. But we're also in between all that, helping you with your buyers and your sellers and your deal structuring to get deals done. That's that's what the community is about. I say that because there's a lot of educators, Sebastian, and you're aware of this, I know, in a lot of businesses, not just real estate, that care about marketing and selling you stuff. I don't. What I want to know is who's serious and committed to do deals, And that's why we do a lot of stuff for free, like the book and, and YouTube. And so someone can adequately do the due diligence and then say, yes, that's for me. Or, hey, you know what? Thanks, but not for me. And that way, nobody wastes time or money. So we're big on that and actually getting results. Well, so you're, where are you based? You said uh, Boston slang? Is this well, your, your uh, I'm, I'm in Rhode Island, but I, I grew up in Massachusetts. And then my son-in-law and partner is in Mass and my son's here with me. So... We're sort of New England-based, yes. Our team, though, is all over the country uh, and two people, out of, uh, three people now out of the country since COVID. It was an interesting thing. That's why I sold my building about three months ago. This was full of our people. And now they're all over the world. And that's a, that's a very big opportunity because we can pull from great talent. You're doing this now for 30 um, plus years. Maybe tell a few stories. I mean, we talked about uh, 2008. I guess this was one of the challenging time when in this 30 period was um, your most amazing time, I mean, in yeah. terms of business and... Um... Well, I would say post-crash, definitely. I mean, I had some cool things when I was younger that, that were first-time experiences, but let's talk post-crash because I remember my wife saying, we, we moved, uh, this will give everybody a picture. When that happened, I moved from a two and a half acre estate overlooking the water to a by from by stress and demand to a 900 square foot apartment we would pay 950 a month for it one better so that was a humbling experience and i remember my wife saying i turned 50 during that and she said it took you 50 years to figure this out and she was kidding but it was it was true because these last 10 years i'm 57 now these last 10 years have been amazing in helping people and the creative financing and that wouldn't happen if the crash didn't happen right And now you couldn't have convinced me of that then, but no, no, I mean, but I mean, I always say this is basically from from Tony Robbins: uh, life is happening for you, not to you. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, 
the challenges we go through and they they uh, often have a purpose you know and we we basically grow stronger and get more skills and uh, do more amazing things after we pass those challenges going to agree more yeah uh, um, awesome so what is uh, what is next how do you see the next uh, yeah i mean you can't really make long term predictions nowadays <laughs> so it doesn't make sense to say next five years but um, um, i mean The current market conditions are challenging with the high interest rates, at least for for normal financings. How do you see this uh, developing? How do you see the whole real estate market developing in the states? Well, I I kind of alluded to this earlier. I think the historic part of what we have going on, like all the conventional things that you just said, are tough for conventional people. But for this, there are things like I'll mention a few. The fifty-year average interest rate is roughly, depending on where you're looking in the market. Roughly in the sevens, seven point something. Okay, so we're in that range now. It, that's not high then. Everybody could agree if that's the fifty-year average, it's not high. But for the third time in fifty years, why do we have a major, major affordability problem then? So that, so that's going to drive uh, creative real estate. Then, because of high interest rates in the media screaming and the market kind of turning in a lot of areas, you have banks and other finance entities very concerned about appraisals, right? Appraisals, appraisals are nothing more than an opinion. So now they're they're doubting whether these opinions are going to be okay because the market's going sideways. So so conventional financing is really really going to be tough. Um, so I, again, I see uh, uh, the best time in my 32 years to be in uh, creative real estate. And in up to the crash, I knew bits and pieces. Like of course I knew what owner financing was. Of course I knew what a lease was. But I didn't know how to pull it all together until that demand came. And now. Uh, in 13, Sebastian, people were screaming to me, oh, you shouldn't be buying now. You just went through all that trouble. You shouldn't be buying home. And I aggressively did that. And that's what I'm screaming to the community to do right now. So we're looking for, from September till now, we've been doing it. And we're going to continue into the new year, looking for those people that are committed and serious to drive the deal flow way up and to drive the awareness of the market up and to literally change how, how real estate's being financed. Cool. And any plans to expand uh, internationally? I don't do it pointedly. I just let it come to us. So we have things going on, uh, of course, in Canada. We have stuff going on in UK. Uh, Australia tends to buy just like us. So there are a lot of markets I'm learning are so similar with just some nuances, right, for local. Yeah, interesting. Hey, I will definitely have a look at your book uh, when when I get it. Um, I made a note and said, Sebastian, gear. I want to make sure you get everything. <laughs> awesome. I would love to have one of these wicked shirts. You will. Anything else you'd like to share uh, before we wrap up, Chris? Yeah, let me give that link. So the, everybody can go to this link and they'll get a hard copy of the book, literally in mm-hmm. shipping. Cool. Go to awesome. wickedsmartbooks.com. Wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash CEO, the numeric number one, CEO one. Easy Great. to remember. I mean, we will all put this in the show note, of course, and in the newsletter. And uh, I mean, guys, I mean, this is something I wouldn't uh, wouldn't want to miss. Yeah, we'll definitely order this book. And you can always learn something, even if you're not in the process of buying a property. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, learn. And Thank you so much for sharing this, Chris. Thank um, you. I appreciate you. Been, been amazing. And um, yeah, wish you best of luck. And um, keep kicking the banks, yeah. You as well. Thanks, Sebastian. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into the High Performance CEO Show. I'm your host, Sebastian Schieke, and it's been a pleasure serving you. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and create a bigger impact. Check out our website, 
sebastianschiege.com for additional resources. Until next time, be bold, be exceptional, be outstanding, be a leader. Oh,